Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yo. It's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective, got to fill your voice Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with Fightful, better fall back Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat No need to double check, these are all facts You're listening to us talk raps you're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. From Roman laying it down on Cody to Powerhouse Hobbs, the face of the revolution. If it happened in the squared circle this week, Graps City has got you covered. Welcome to Graps City. I'm Will Washington. Not alone here because I'm also joined by the one and only Philip Lindsay. Yo. Love life in San Francisco. Um, if you haven't heard that Lupe record, it's fire. What's up, y'all? Also here is Righteous Reg. Oh, yeah. It's your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster, media man in the building, extra media today, and extra medium on the t-shirt. What's up, y'all? It's Sunday morning. Revolution. Extra medium is wild. We in my home, baby. It's Bay Area. The boys are out here. I'm very excited about this. And it's the weekend before your birthday. Oh, yes. And I have uh, celebrated. I had a great time yesterday, all day. Shout out to all the homies. Good times. And we're, as mentioned, we are live. We're here in San Francisco. Revolution happening later on tonight. But right now we're doing a live on a Sunday afternoon. Grapsity. Thank you all for joining us, by the way. Um, and if you want to send us a super chat, we are reading those. YouTube.com slash Fightful is the way to do that. You can be like David Reed who says, should TK open the pay-per-view with MJF Danielson? AEW pay-per-views are usually long and seems like a tired crowd during that match could be a con- or should be a concern. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. uh, I, I, think, I think your world title match should always be your main event. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this, this match has the best story and it has the best build, so it should be the main event. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I mean, it would be nice, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't do it. 
Uh, and yeah, if you want to send us your super chats again, youtube.com slash fightful is the way to do that. You can also um, head on over to humperchats.com. And someone said sit on the floor in front of Will because this is weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> that took me a second. <laughs> I'm like, what do they mean? I'm like, oh, because our little Brady bunch. Yeah, because of the boxes. Yeah, okay. I, I like that. That's good. Uh, so. If you want to send us a Humper Chat, those are at humperchats.com. You can be like Gabe34, who says, nice to meet you guys at West Coast. We did go to West Coast Pro yesterday. This is my first time at West Coast Pro. That's, of course, Reg's home promotion. Uh, he says, but Reg, don't let Phil talk crazy about the Kings being the team in Cali. Uh, the arena he is in tomorrow is where the best team in California plays. Listen, listen, man. I've seen the Sacramento team own L.A. all year. They beat the Clippers two games convincingly. Um, the Warriors are seven and twenty-three on the road. Might have to have a conversation about what is who is the best team is in California. That's all I'm saying. You're in San Francisco, Philip Lindsay. <laughs> Watch it, brother. I mean, honestly, I don't know. Warriors are balling though. Like Jordan Poole is very out there. Steph's coming back, so you know I'm not worried about it. Oh, hold up. Uh, Gabe also has one more sentence here. He says, uh, "And will the Nuggets? Nah, I can't front. They are legit." I said before this podcast started, watching Durant be Durant. West, West, uh, Western Conference need to be afraid of uh, Durant coming back, bro, because this dude is looking legit. He is. Look, I, I'm not going to lie. I am absolutely afraid of Kevin Durant. Six for six to start the game, 16 points. I know. We, we're in for something, but I feel like this is the first time where I'm confident enough in my team to feel like they might be able to step so, up to the challenge. What do you feel about this Jokic slander that has become the new thing of, of because it looks like he's going to win three MVPs I know, in a row. Reading it. Now people are like, oh, he's 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 patting his stats. Oh, he's only getting his recognition because he's a non player. European. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel I it feels it feels like hate a little bit. There's a little bit. Yeah, of hate. I mean, I'll say this. Look, uh, because on one end, I'm like, would I? blackmail feel this way about i mean feel positively about Jokic if he wasn't playing for my team and you know what i don't know i do feel like i would be one of those guys probably but i'm not a Denver fan and i can give him his credit he's been phenomenal the only thing i would say about because like i don't pay attention to luka Doncic, but i do even though i recognize he's are you just, kidding me but luka's, I, luka's that dude though i know luka's that good but what i'm saying is i don't pay him no attention um i recognize that in the nba black players have my attention more but this one happens to play for my team, so therefore I do acknowledge Jokic more than I probably would most other white players. I, I would. The only thing I would say about the discourse that I kind of agree with is that um, if you were to say he doesn't deserve three in a row, which he hasn't won three in a row yet, mm-hmm. I would say that the one he didn't deserve and you had a debate of whether he didn't deserve it was last year's. I feel like you could make a debate about whether Joel Embiid or Giannis could have won last year. This year, I think he's far and away the front runner. Like I know people are saying Joel Embiid, but look at Denver's record. Look at his numbers. Like I feel like he's far and away the front runner. It's like, if you feel like he didn't deserve it last year, maybe I get it. But this year I don't get it at all. Uh, Deontay, by the way, says, happy pay-per-view day, boys. Much love, y'all. Phil got a better winning record in L.A. than LeBron. Uh, go, Brian Danielson, MJF for 60 minutes. Go away, Max. Listen, I uh, 
I, I let the celebration happen when he when he when he broke the scoring record, and I I congratulated him on this very show because I didn't want to come across as a hater. But are we ready to have a conversation about the fact that this dude don't want to play basketball? Because <laughs> he don't, and I, I feel like it's blatantly obvious. Like this guy wants to go home. He he he's broke. He's done what he wanted to do with this season. He's yeah. broken that record. He don't want to play no more. Like he he's he's done with the season. There was only one reason for LeBron James to be on the court this season to break that record. Now he's just waiting for his son to finish college or whatever the hell he got going on. He, he he's just waiting it out. He ain't got that dog in him no more, man. It's, it's over. It's <laughs> he over. Did, he was in the All Star game dunking and having fun with all his boys until he broke. Didn't he hurt his hand in that game all of a sudden? And then he went sat down like. Nah, he he's just not the same Bron anymore. I think yeah. people have to accept the fact that this is a thirty-year-old man now. Damn, you slandering thirty-year-olds out here? It's crazy. But I'm that. just saying, like that's that's old for an athlete. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, we got Van Twinblade says, "I know you three watched the TJPW Princess Tag Defense at Glory Pro last week. Second time or second only time ever that belt was defended stateside. It's on Fight TV Plus. Watch." Man, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say I didn't watch it, bro. I'm sorry I did. <laughs> Look, it's been a travel week. But you know what I did watch? You did. I Go did ahead. watch Triangle Derby, and it was fantastic. If you did not watch that um, fantastic show, Hazuki versus Zaya Kamatani was the best match of this week by far to me. Uh, Hazuki, um, I, at one point when I was getting into stardom, was a huge Arisa mark, and I felt like Arisa was one of the best recent white belt champions. Hazuki gave her one of her best title defenses. This was more of the same from Hazuki since she came back from retirement. I really wanted her to win this match, but she beat the ever-living shit out of Zaya Kamatani. <laughs> um, I thought at one point that that she had won some of the best near falls I had ever seen. Tremendous match. Uh, on the same card, Azumi versus uh, SLK was also tremendous. Um, that is going to be Mercedes' next opponent, Azumi. And boy, I think uh, Mercedes needs to start eating her Wheaties now because uh, Azumi ain't no joke, man. Um, really, really great card. I'm really looking forward to the next uh, Stardom show. Um, it's still surreal seeing them promote Mercedes at Stardom shows. Um, but this is where we are. What a good time to be a wrestling fan. Great time. Uh, we got this one from uh, Liam. It says, any advice for first time WrestleMania travelers? Huh. So this is what I want to take ourselves back to answering this question. Think about the first time you traveled for WrestleMania. I remember mine. Mm -hmm. What would you have wanted to change about that for yourself? See, I've been to 10 of these things. Uh, I think you have to go in with knowing exactly what you want to do. It's about schedule. It's about time. Time is... No matter what, like if you just focus on WWE events, there's still not enough time to just focus on theirs because you got to be over here. You got to be over here. You got to pick and choose what you want. Go in with the schedule. I think when I, the first time I, it's a different level of traveling and weekend and everything now because it wasn't like it was now back then in 2009. So now it's like everybody's breaking down every single schedule, everything that's going on in the weekend, everything that's happening. So it could be a different experience. Back then, I didn't. It, I knew about maybe one independent wrestling show, and it was like I'm going to go to that on top of the WrestleMania, uh, going to WrestleMania. So it depends on what you want to do. If you're going for WWE events, 
try to focus on Mania itself and NXT. Those are like super. I don't. Uh, I'm saying NXT. This ain't takeover <laughs> no more. I'm sorry. I don't even know why I said that. That's a lie. I mean, hey, we're gonna get Carmelo versus Braun Breaker this time. That, um, yeah. I've I've never been to WrestleMania, so there's that. I mean, you've been to WrestleMania weekend we though. Yeah. I've, I think Dallas was the first time I traveled for WrestleMania oh, weekend. Wow. Okay. Um, so I'm not the first best person to give advice. This is what I will say. Um, I felt like, okay, uh, I'm going to say what I said to Elon um, Def Dynamite this week, that for me, it was a bit of a gradual build. The first time I went, I literally just did uh, WrestleMania and hung out with friends and then the following year oh yeah and i did wrestlecon it was like wrestlecon wrestlemania those were the two things i made sure i hit uh and then the second year i did wrestlemania wrestlecon and some indie shows and then the third year it was like wrestlemania wrestlecon ring of honor and whatnot and then it was like because eventually you give yourself a little bit of the stamina for it. I feel like if you build up to it, um, but I'll say uh, parroting what Reg said, you're going to be in LA this time. I would strategically yes. plan everything. <laughs> I would make a schedule. I would make a map. I would make sure that you know where you need to be at what specific time and calculate and add on to it the time for transportation because yes. LA miles do not mean the same thing. And it's dumb as shit, right? Because you'll be in LA and if you're used to talking to people in terms of distance and somebody will say to you, Oh yeah, it's just three miles from here. Right. And so in your brain living somewhere, not LA, you're like, okay, so that'll take me like five minutes. Nope. Um, <laughs> the LA, that means like 45 minutes. <laughs> that means you're going to be sitting there for 45 whole ass minutes trying to get to where you're going and uh because i made that mistake right uh, it was it wasn't for wrestlemania but i was actually traveling to i come out to la actually it was my birthday i came out to disneyland with my brother but then i got invited to go to an nxt house show that was taking place in la um that had a very very uh tna main event uh <laughs> it was bobby rude versus Eric Young versus Samoa Joe for the NXT title. And as soon as they got in the ring, crowd starts chanting TNA, TNA. <laughs> and, but you can see the look on their face like, that ain't where we are right now. We are in NXT. Leave me alone. But, uh, but to get there, I remember looking at the map and it was like 20 miles. And I'm like, okay, 20 miles, we'll, we'll be good. I'll make it on time. Uh, so forgetting that LA traffic is LA traffic, 20 miles in LA meant hour and a half. Yes. <laughs> Another factor that people don't forget that it's WrestleMania weekend. So there's probably like at minimum 30,000 tourists also there yes. on top of you. Yeah. So just be meticulous is what I'm going to say. And don't try to do everything this first time around. Try to take your time with it and just get to enjoy because, um, you know, the first time you do WrestleMania is going to feel kind of special and all of that. But I feel like the next time you won't necessarily feel like you're missing out if you miss this thing here, if you leave this thing here. So just take your time and enjoy it. That's what I'll say. Um, but just like I said on After the Week this week, I highly recommend just in general, 
getting out and enjoying wrestling around people uh, because it's it's a good vibe. It's a different vibe. I'm happy to be here because I haven't got to do one of these since Full Gear, which wasn't that long ago. But uh, it is nice to be out again and touching grass, as as the kids like to say. Mixie Boys is outside, boy. Mixie no, Boys was, was outside we were super last, mixy last night, night bro. Yeah. Look, I, honestly, I, I want to talk about it. My first time at West Coast Pro. So, uh, again, Righteous Righteous Home Promotion. Uh, I haven't gotten to ever be live at a West Coast Pro. Got to see a lot of friends there. Um, shout out to everybody who loves Grapsity that uh, that came and said hi. Got to see Veda Scott. Um, and, uh, of course, there were a number of wrestlers just uh, from major promotions just hanging out. Uh, checking out the action at West Coast Pro. Um, shout out, shout out to Lee Moriarty, who <laughs> I saw. And the first thing he says when I see him, "You, you think Sacramento is the best team in California?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, hi. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, it was interesting because the first thing I asked Reg was, uh, "Is this normal for?" Uh, is this a normal crowd? Because this was a super hot crowd that was into everything, that was into everyone. And uh, the reason this surprised me, of course, was because, you know, we can see this at major wrestling weekends where a promotion local to wherever that show is running will run and more fans of the major promotion that's coming into town will come in to see this. But that was not the case here. It's normally that hot. Yeah, yeah, it was... It's normally that many. They probably added 30 extra standing room only tickets. But as far as the crowd goes, usually always super hot. Everybody is, it's a family, honestly, at West Coast Pro. Like, see a lot of people. Like, I was, you know, I saw a lot of the same people that I see all the time. And that translates to the product. Because when the wrestlers, when the fans are behind the wrestlers and they kind of feel like they they know him or they they have a little extra with them. Just makes the shows hotter. That's how I got into Powerhouse Hops. He was in West Coast Pro for a long time. Mm. And being able to be that close to that guy and how he works with fans, like, I knew he was going to be where he is one day leading into our next topics very soon. But West Coast Pro, um, it was definitely an extra bump with the wrestling weekend happening this weekend. But always hot. So if you're in San Francisco ever, come to West Coast Pro. It was a great show. Chris Harrell's now the matchmaker. Yeah, Chris, he announced that. Pro, Yeah, he announced it last night. He's going to be in the mix with everything West Coast Pro. It's a big deal. I'm excited. Yeah, great. And they crowned the first ever West Coast Pro women's champion. Lita presented the championship, championship to Masha Slamovich, one of the best women's wrestlers in the whole world. Great show. If you have IWTV, please watch it. Man, just watch that shit. That, I can't believe I missed Lita, by the way. I didn't show up in time for Lita, but uh, that, that's dope. That Lucha match was one of the, the greatest things I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, the Lucha um, match is crazy. Incredible. Um, really good show. Yeah. Um, really warm atmosphere. Um, it is very weird at this point. I, well, I shouldn't say it's weird. Um, mm-hmm. That when I go places, people still recognize me and go, hey, here's that guy. And I'll be ready to say, yeah, from Grapsity. And they'll go from ring the bell. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so shout out to my guy Diaz from ring the bell, man. He's one of the first people that gave me a chance to talk on one of these wrestling podcast things. And I credit him for a lot of people, um, wanting to listen to my thoughts on these things. Yeah. That I, it surprises me sometimes. Cause I had, uh, 
a guy that a lot of RVR listeners will be familiar with, but uh, at the show, um, Tom Anderson, uh, and I always made the MySpace joke, if anybody's thinking it right now, (laughs) but he came up to me and uh, he's a longtime RVR listener. And that's always interesting to me because having done Grap City this last year and a half uh, and you know, it was funny. We, me and Denise, we rounded a corner and somebody took a picture with us uh, at the AEW bowling event. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about the bowling shark that tricked us. His name's Philip Lindsay. I didn't know he was a bowling shark and he was going to hit three strikes in a row. Let's talk about it, Phil. Oh, yeah. This guy is fucking Uncle Phil from, uh, from that <laughs> episode. Yeah, I know. No, he's Uncle <laughs> Phil on, on that pool episode of Fresh Prince he, except with bowling where he, he yeah, no, he, where this man, we played two, we played two rounds, right? And first time around, this man is, you know, uh, hitting gutters here and here and then all of a sudden low score all throughout and, you know, you know, I think I'm getting the hang of this. And then, you know, we play a second game. And this man, strike, strike, <laughs> strike. <laughs> um, you know, I just had to get my footing, first of all, because I had I had small shoes on. <laughs> straight, straight up. I had I had, I had, to, I had some tens on. And um, I haven't been able to put, fit my foot in a ten in a long time. Um, and, you know, I had to get used to the ball as well, you know. Um, but, no, I, I, it, it's funny because I don't think anybody heard me the first time I hit that strike. I called that strike. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like I'm going to hit this strike. And I walked out there and hit the strike, and I said, okay, I got this. Like, and so, I don't know, this is, um, this is the first time I've ever heard the term bowling a turkey. Like, what is that? And so somebody was like, nice turkey, Phil. And I was like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's, it's three strikes in a row. I was like, yeah, we did that. Like, listen, man, I'm from the Midwest, man. No, honestly, I I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I thought that event was really good, though. Um, it was, of course, uh, a charity event for uh, Culture City. Um, a lot of the AEW talent, even the ones they didn't really advertise, uh, were there. Um, Jake Roberts was the the highlight. Um, he had so many people trying to take pictures with him. Uh, Paul White was there. Uh, all of Best Friends were there, including um, Chris Statlander. Uh, all of them in the best friends gear. Like that was cool stuff. It was hosted by Britt Baker and Adam Cole. Uh, and Willow Nightingale was there. Uh, Ruby Soho, uh, powerhouse Hobbs, of course. And uh, it was cool. Just getting to see everybody. There's a whole team. The referee team was all there. Uh, and just getting to say what's up to everybody. Shout out Amanda Huber. She's always really cool. And, um, and that was the first time she and I got to meet in person. But, you know, I've talked to Amanda before. Uh, so that was really, really cool. Yeah. Man. And this is, it was a cool time. It was a cool vibe. Yeah. Listen, shout out to Ruby. I think um, the interviews we did this week were really good. And I, I appreciated a lot of positive response we got from it. I thought uh, I thought both interviews went really well. Um, yeah, I, did too. Um, I was really excited about getting to talk to Ruby um, just as a women's wrestling fan. And just a fellow Midwesterner, somebody <laughs> that I'm like, yo. I hope she gets her moment. I hope that she is crowned women's champion someday. I don't know if that'll be this weekend. I'm definitely rooting tonight. for her. But I do think that she deserves her moment at this point. She's been in, at this point, four big matches, and she hasn't been able to pull home that big W yet. And I want to see it, man. I, I do, too. I want to see her get that win. Yeah, I talked to her in person. Just thanked her for the interview. And then we talked for a little bit. And uh, she was also really proud of how the interview went. She was like, yeah, so I'll drop this morning. Thank you. And I was like, uh, and we just talked about it a bit and it was good times. It was a really good time. I recommend again, um, if you ever have the opportunity and you're the type of person who, uh, uh, you know, just wants to, 
to be in that kind of place to get to mingle with talent and things along those lines. And you want to do it for a good cause and also mingle with other wrestling fans. Uh, Cause that's always a good time. Like Aubrey didn't even bowl. I don't think, I think Aubrey was just around just uh, she had a drink in hand and was just like talking to people and she had I, a drink in her two-step going. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of wrestlers were drinking. I didn't think I didn't think so many people would have drinks, but like they all they're, had they're drinks. They're wrestlers. A lot of <laughs> yeah, wrestlers, wrestlers. A lot of wrestlers like to drink. True, very true. <laughs> Except for like like straight edge uh, punk and a bunch of other people that don't drink. But yeah. a lot of wrestlers like to drink. Well, yeah, and so that was a thing that I just it was really cool. And I think that uh, I recommend that kind of thing. No matter what promotion you're a fan of, you have the opportunity to kind of get to to just mingle with the, your favorite wrestlers or things along those lines. To just mingle with people. Um, I think it will do wonders for improving your outlook on wrestling fandom and the business as a whole, just because getting to be around people, I think, is ultimately a good thing. That, to me, anyway. If you're not a people person, yeah. and ultimately you just don't ever want to be around people, then forget everything I just said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so I want to read a couple more super chats here. We got Shy Town Spurs says with Dynamite in Sacramento next week, which wrestler is most likely to light the beam? Um, probably Powerhouse. I hope <laughs> that would be nice, but I don't know. Uh, let's see. We got another one. Zero Prime says, "Can we talk about how much Riho be back? Uh, being back really helps <laughs> AEW's women's division. That girl is uh, <laughs> uh, that girl is always big pops from the audience. Also, we need Emmy on TV. No joke. Well, I mean, she was on TV this week. Uh, we we do need to see Emmy on TV more. And mm-hmm. I I said uh, Friday night, Rio Mania season is in effect." Very happy to see one of the real AEW originals back. I mean, if you guys doubt who this woman is, she's on the belt, guys. She is on the belt. She's, she's literally the on belt. the AEW Women's World title. And uh, yeah, the Riho, I'm always happy to see her back. Something tells me that she is being built up right now for Jade. Um, that's my yeah, thought. Because I, I see people saying they want to see her versus Jamie. We've seen that twice. Um, and it's good every time. But yeah. I think... Honestly, if you want to do something fresh and give Jamie a really strong opponent that uh, would look good being manhandled by her, I think Riho would be it. I, I think if you want to start build, building Jade up into a woman that beats the other original AEW Women's Champions, um, starting with the inaugural champion, it's a good place to go. It's a really good place to go. I um, and I think that she's eventually going to build up to the Brit match because I feel like that's that's the match we kind of want at this point so i think that's a good place to start to build towards that yeah i agree uh let's see we got this one from can you read that that's from dead eye solo okay uh it says just wanted to donate to say thanks hope everyone enjoys revolution appreciate uh, you. just got this one from five star just says nothing so if you sent something else five star i'll try and read that same with uh, the pro wrestling podcast saying yo it's drapsody uh this being a discussion from after the week this week if you didn't check out after the week youtube.com slash denise salcedo um we had a great discussion about the pronunciation of gif i mean it is pronounced gif <laughs> it is it's pronounced gif uh so Auntie Collins says, happy early birthday, Reg. Sending all the love and stamina for today. What's your pay-per-view or show ritual? Do you have one uh, so you don't get burnt out? 
Thank you. First of all, I'm very excited about my birthday coming up next Saturday. We'll celebrate here on Grapsity next Saturday. Uh, my pre-show ritual is blunt. Or a blunt, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to like drop a pun with this. I'm no. like, I'm going to be blunt here. No, no, no. no. Yeah. It's weed. Uh, yeah, it's different. On, on the road, Like, I think the pay-per-view ritual is different than at home. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is on the road. I don't really have one. How does it yeah. start at home? Um, I think at home you you do the whole ritual of eating too much food <laughs> and, and like start. It depends on the, the mood you're in and pre gaming with drinking and stuff. Yeah, the hard thing is like so. I haven't been at home for an AEW pay per view in almost two years now. Right? <laughs> it's been a long time. Revolution 2021 was the last time when you couldn't. Yeah, when I couldn't. Right? That was a pandemic show. Uh, so it's been a long time since I've been at home for an AW show. Um, but like with other shows, you know, uh, you know what the pre-ritual is for me? Because my son is such a big, big wrestling fan. And he is definitely like a statistical wrestling fan like me. And so uh, he almost, we will probably spend all day. He'll like come in. He always wakes me up every Sunday morning. And uh He'd be like, okay, dad, what's on the card tonight? And then, uh, you know, I'll like try to rattle off memory. I'm like, all right, so Bobby Lashley's facing Brock Lesnar. He goes, okay, okay. Dad, I think think Bobby's winning this time. And uh, son, you were wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I mean, I guess you weren't. He, he was right. He was right. <laughs> yeah, because Bobby did technically win. Yeah. yeah. About that. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> uh, but we, I don't know. It, with WWE shows, it's pretty much a big buildup with my son because he's a big wrestling fan, and that's us. We gotta, we gotta get ready that way. Yeah, I guess it depends on what pay per view too. Because um, if it's J- Japanese pay per views, of course, I'm trying to um, <laughs> get, get slamming coffee, get, get prepared to not um, sleep for a few hours and get mm-hmm. um, be able to stay up for these things. Um, so it's a little bit different. Uh, let's see. Five Star says, hey, guys, TK needs to get some writers ASAP, please. Let's talk about this because I was just talking about this last night. Um, so I'm sure folks who who view your boy as AEW shill uh, are going to think that I'm going to disagree with this. Um, and I'm not. And this isn't to say... Hey, he needs a new. I mean, he needs a creative team um, like the WWE. He needs to have the fucking lecture halls um, where you know he stands at the front and assigns a bunch of people, a bunch of promos and shit. Um, not quite that. That's not what I'm saying here. What I am saying though is that in any creative field, whether we're talking television, whether we're talking movies, anything, fifty-two straight weeks of television over four years for anybody will burn them out creatively. And I think you will exhaust every creative idea you have very quickly. And I think when you consider that we're now four years into AEW and yeah, this, this current run, while I think has produced some great shows this year, I think there are some creative issues where we're starting to kind of question like what are we doing here what are we doing there and i think it does take taking a step back and going um 
And like, look, for all of WWE's faults, we can say that one of the things that Vince McMahon did over time was cycled people out that uh, and just for the sake of creating something new and creating new television, it is a good idea to cycle in new minds, even if you have the same person at the front of it, approving everything, making sure that they have the final say. I think just getting some new ideas in there to help keep the show fresh is a good idea. But one person continuing to try and do it for four straight years, 52 weeks a year, I think is uh, eventually they were going to get burnt out because like AEW those first couple of years was had some extremely creative, unique stuff. And even in year three, um, we started to see some things slip up, but there was some good stuff. But right now it's like, all right, now we're starting to see some of your same ideas kind of over and over and over. And I think before you burn people out too hard because you can't deny that um, there is a lot of waning interest right now. I think it is important to try to keep that fresh and bring in some maybe different minds. I agree with that, but um, it is interesting seeing the first episode of Ring of Honor and seeing mm-hmm. the difference in that show when it doesn't have to adhere to network stuff and it doesn't have to adhere to like the pressures from anybody else. It just is what it is. Um, and I wonder how much of a toll that's taken on AEW's programming. Um, you can see it in some spots. Um, but at the same time, I was saying this to Will last night, I think they should bring the ranking back um, because yeah. I, I think that I think that the company has fallen on now doing too many battle royals, too many tournaments. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, there isn't a clear designation of like, what is the mid card team right now? And I feel like that's one of my, been one of my biggest issues with AEW for the last year. Like there's no clear trajectory for any of the mid carders. There's no clear trajectory for people that are moving into the world title picture. And I feel like you kind of had that with the ranking. Right. Yeah. The ranking was a, a constant a reminder of contenders. It's like not yeah. like a simple concept that you thought you would think they would continue on with because it built a lot of guys up. It got a lot of stats for Will Washington to get off every single <laughs> Saturday. Like it was all a benefit. I really don't understand why they yeah. stopped. I, 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 I get why they stopped. And it's because like it is creatively limiting. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, I think it holds you accountable creatively. Exactly. I, I agree. I'm of the belief that um, you can't just like throw somebody in as number one contender because uh, now you have to have the accountability of, well, they have X amount of wins in a row. They have built themselves up throughout the contendership and rank and rose up the rankings. And like, um, obviously the rankings became a big point of contention because at times they weren't adhering to them. You know, FDR had the number one contendership for forever and didn't even get a shot till December. So like I can, I think because every time I see somebody say the ranking should be brought back and somebody go, well, no, they shouldn't bring them back because look at what they did with FTR. You're missing the point there because I'm not saying bring the rankings back and do them wrong. Well, of course not. (laughs) Who means that? What I mean is bring the rankings back and adhere to them. That's what I mean by that. Like I'm never saying, bring them back and then just ignore them. That's stupid. No, I mean, like, I think they worked in a really good way initially. And, uh, and then I think one of the things I used to like about them a lot was the way you could have kind of somebody come out of nowhere where you could look up and, Oh, look, Scorpio sky has got all of a sudden he's got six 
singles yeah. wins. Oh, you know, the, now we get Scorpio Sky versus Chris Jericho because he actually worked his way up in a way where we weren't even noticing before. And so you can find yourself in these unique situations. And uh, and they aren't guys that you just plucked out of nowhere and said, well, they just have a championship match now. It's like, no, actually, they are on a roll as a singles competitor. And now they are getting themselves in a singles match and getting themselves a title. Yeah. But I, I mean, I feel like even with the FDR thing, if you want to say that they misuse the, the records with FDR, I don't even agree with that because that still gave fans a logical place to go. These guys are the next up because right. they have the most wins. Why aren't they getting their shot? I mean, the claims, the entire claim to fame right now of, of calling themselves the uncrowned champions is because of the rankings, because right. they had the most wins exactly. and they were due a title shot. Um, I just think rankings give you a logical first step to building somebody. Um, and I feel like they should bring them back. Like it doesn't have to be exactly the same, but I do think that they should use them in some way. Yeah. I think that acclaim point is probably the the best thing to be made because if people are stacking up wins on say dark and you don't seem like you don't know, nobody knows now because they don't watch the show. They don't know what's going on. That was just an easy way to get off these numbers, let people know that who's next up. So um you actually in a way you actually did add some validity to dark in a way where yeah at least you know people the argument against them was well all these wins were happening on dark so what does it matter but at the same time now now wins are happening on dark and you don't even know about it because yeah. now it really don't matter because they're just happening and they're not getting anybody any yeah. anything to show for it yeah, when you had the rankings and then you had the ticker at the bottom of the screen of who beat who on dark, that mattered. But right. now it's just it just feels arbitrary. Yeah, so agreed. Uh, Anime Otaku says Jade apparently wants to do a tour of Japan. Who do you want to see her match up with if she goes? I'd like to see her against uh, someone evasive like SLK or someone she'd go toe to toe with like Shiri. Um. I don't I don't know when Hamika's last match is. I feel like if you want like a big hoss match there, that's the match. Um I feel like she should wrestle her before she retires. Um there are other big matches like that I want to see her in. Um but yeah, if you're talking just having her wrestle in Japan, I feel like it should happen. Um didn't Brian say that she's told him she wants to wrestle in Japan as well? Yeah, that's that's where I think the quote comes from. Okay. And I think she she tweeted it too. If I misremember, Jake says, Phil said, break out Lucille. <laughs> I actually did. I actually did. Like, real talk. <laughs> that was how it that went. This, he is officially Uncle Phil. This is. Uh, Arduit says, Yo, Sunday, fun day, Grap City, let's go. Happy belated, actually early birthday to Reg. And shout out to the ROH post show. Y'all have fun at Revolution. Enjoy Brian Danielson winning. Yeah, you've got the ROH post show going on now on youtube.com slash Fightful right here where this show goes. You're with Kate. and Friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. Shout out Kate Elizabeth. And, uh, yeah, the show did really well. Did great numbers. And uh, you guys are actually a really great duo. Mm -hmm. So looking forward to seeing you guys do this more. Yeah, definitely exceeded expectations. Thank you to everybody <laughs> who showed up. Like, it was a test run, and the test run was through the roof. Everybody came through and, and was really representing for me. I appreciate everybody. 
on top of that amazing ROH show. So it was super easy to do the post show when you have that great show to, I can talk about this all day. If this is what y'all are going to give me looking forward to it every Thursday, we're going to be attached to the, the impact post show. We're going to combine shows and we're going to get these post shows off. Hopefully this ROH thing continues the great shows that they're having. It's going to be dope. Yeah, I thought ROH was off to a really great start. I think that um, I wasn't sure what to expect, but when you just look at the show presentationally, I think that uh, it looks great. Um, I think that it is, you know, it's interesting. We always called NXT from 2014. No, no, no. I'm not not looking this up. We always called NXT from 2014 to 2016 and on. Look, NXT was always referred to as like, look, it's like ROH with a budget, right? This was ROH it's with a budget. Right? It was. So. <laughs> I, I just say here we go because I know that there'll be some people out there like, oh, here y'all go comparing it to NXT, and it's like, but it is, it is very similar to NXT. Yeah. Like, it, um, it it feels a lot like black and gold NXT. It's black and red NXT. It, it, uh, come on, it's black, it's black and red ROH, man. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah black and red ROH. No, and you know the funny thing was though, although Denise pointed out a visual. Um, we were watching it earlier, and now I can't unsee it. But you know how the screen behind them has the red border around it? That on certain zoom-ins, it looks like a fourth rope. And so, <laughs> uh, and now, like, I can't unsee that visual. Because th- during Willow Nightingale's promo, you see, like, an extra red line, like, at her head. And, yeah. and like, why is she so, or why is she so short? And then, and shout out Willow, by the way. She was really kind uh, yesterday. Yeah. She said, hey to me. Yes. I haven't recovered yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, she did as well. She shouted me down. She's like, hey, Will. I was like, oh, hey. And uh, no, she's really kind. Great, great person. And I think um, if you did watch the debut of ROH, you can just see how special Willow is. Yeah, when she yeah. came oh, out, yeah. huge pop um, for her. Was not expecting people to be that excited to see her. Um, I thought this was a great start for yeah. ROH. I and think... It, they're going right into the match with her and Athena like next week. Yeah. Which is pretty yeah. It's the main event too. Yeah. Um, it is the, and that's one of the things that I'm liking is that we're kind of seeing a lot of the stuff that, um, that in ways would have been considered like restrictions on AEW where like, you know, we're seeing in two hours, we got two women's matches on ROH this week, next week, immediately women have the main event. Uh, yeah. and so that's, that's really cool. And we're, moving quickly into establishing what Athena is going to be doing at Supercard of Honor. Yeah. Um, look, speaking of two women's matches, um, every time we see Sky Blue, she is just getting better and better. Like, you can just see the progression every time she's out there. You can see how much more popular she's getting. Um, they've got something good in her, man. I hope that they um I think they, they could see well. it. It's, it feels like yeah. they could see it. And pairing her with Madison Rain was a great idea because, like I was saying on the post-show, like, being with the vet, Every every problem that Sky Blue runs into, Madison Rain has already ran into yeah. that problem. So it's like immediate feedback on every single situation. Yeah, and I feel like um, I almost feel like if they did want to establish women's tag titles, um, ROH might be a better place to put it than AEW. Um, and they do have plenty of women's tag teams that they can kind of build that around if they want to keep uh, the Renegade Twins around. It makes perfect sense for them to be there. They better do some because somebody's going to sign. Yeah, them somebody's going to sign them. I'm surprised yeah. WWE hasn't picked them up yet because they're such a ready-made tag team, mm-hmm. and WWE could use plenty of women that are in ready-made tag teams. Um, I don't know, but I, I I do think this was a great start for ROH. Um, like from start to finish, this was a great show. I think it was the best 
um, weekly show of the week this week by far. Um, I think that it had some of the best matches. Um, Wood versus uh, Takeshita was amazing. Probably the second best match I saw this week. Um, I thought all of the main event was great. AR Fox has been amazing for AEW, one of the best pickups they've made. Um, and then actually, I, I really can't stress that enough how yeah. much yeah. a great pickup he has been and how much he brings to the show as a singles performer. How uh, I think that when you think about, you know, certain like releases and things like that and how sometimes they panned out, sometimes they haven't. But he, you know, there was always this question for a long time of when's AR Fox going to get signed? Why isn't AR Fox signed? And I think he is finally, he's one of those guys who is proving that he should have been a long time ago. Yeah, because, for sure. Uh, he has it. He's and, been amazing, man. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, I thought the match with Claudio was tremendous. Yeah. Um, and that theme, AR Fox's theme goes crazy. Every it time it starts, I'm like, it's lit. <laughs> they played it at the bowling alley yesterday, and it's it's a good theme. Speaking of which, they also did play Paige Van Zandt's oh, theme, and yeah, I got excited yeah, too for Reg. Yeah. I'm like, hey, that's this guy. He's here. He. I, de- I definitely danced through all the lanes when it dropped. It was a very exciting <laughs> moment. Yeah, I love it. He did. It, this man started walking up and down the way. Yo. Try me. You can cast the spade now. Now it's good stuff. Yeah, and I look, I think the, the closing with Eddie Kingston was great. I think if you want to bring anybody from AEW that, that fit right? ROH. Eddie Kingston was real. He really quit, Phil. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I thought that was a great way to follow up with that, by the way, of having him quit, quote unquote, on television and then show up as a 1099 independent contractor partner on <laughs> on uh, ROH. I, I thought the, the close of ROH was perfect. I thought it was a great way to build off of um, indie storylines and stuff we've seen on AEW. Um, I'm really excited if this is where ROH is going to be like for this era. Um, I think Supercar is going to be special. Um, based off of some of the stuff we've seen. You know what's wild? As you were talking there, I could see Eddie as champ, actually. I, like, I, I can yeah. see him eventually yeah, beating yeah. Claudio as well. Like, I, I think that's where he's going to get his big win. I know some people wanted to see him win the AEW World Championship. I actually think it means a little bit more for him to win it at Ring of Honor. Yeah. And I think that that sets him up to get some more of the matchups with New Japan that he, he wants. I mean, because clearly he loves Japanese wrestling. Um, again, man, watching uh watching that New Japan pay per view the week before, I'm like, yo, they got to get it together with this guy. So mm-hmm. if they're prepared to make him like the man in ROH, I would be here for it. Yeah, I think honestly he could fill that babyface role. I did feel what you were saying though, where I know you didn't want to really bring it up because you were enjoying the show so much. But Reg, when you said that, man, the only thing I regret I feel watching the show is that I wish Gresham could have seen it make I, it to this stage. It doesn't feel right without Gresh, man, because he was such a big part of ROH um, before it turned into the TK era. And it doesn't feel right that he didn't he's not getting to see the fruits of all of his labor there. And, man, I hope that someday he wrestles for ROH again. It'd be a shame if he doesn't. Right. Seeing uh, the members of the foundation on the screen, like immediately I was like, damn, like this is we were supposed to be seeing Jonathan Gresham right here in this spot in this moment. And it didn't happen. It's pretty unfortunate. Regardless, he's doing great things in Impact Wrestling. So, you know, yeah. So, want to read this one? Words from Wills. 
says, uh, do you feel that WWE has succeeded in cooling off Sammy? Two weeks in a row, he has been laid out and then gets a comeback by show's end. Cooling off? I wouldn't say so. Especially after what I read about the show last night, it seems like they still won't have Roman just decisively pin him. So that doesn't sound like cool enough to me. He seems pretty hot. Well, I, I think that people have been attempting this entire time to write their own story. And I think that's the problem. I think that Sammy is where he was always going to be. I think people that thought Sammy was going to either beat Roman or, oh, well, they'll just keep him hot going into WrestleMania. No. Again, Cody's the guy. And if you looked at that segment this week, it couldn't have been any more clearer that Cody is the guy. And I think um, having Solo beat him is good for Solo as well. I'm not ready for Solo to get his first loss yet. And I also like the story of uh, Roman Roman needing help to beat Sammy, but none of the others did. Yeah, that was that's a really important factor there that um, that Sammy could honestly be the one to point out that hey, you guys all needed. I mean, Roman needed all of you guys to put me down. But you guys handled me no problem. Yes. So is it really that you guys need Roman or is it that like he in losing almost helps advance the story now because Roman needed all of the bells and whistles to keep Sammy down. Uh, Whereas a mild distraction helped keep uh, helped solo do it. So yeah is um, solo actually better than roman that's a question that sammy can put forward and then on top of that they're also really trying to tell the story that sammy is really trying to take down the bloodline kevin owens is very much trying to take down the bloodline neither of them can seem to do it on their own and they're gonna need each other yeah and i i think that sets up wrestlemania perfectly because i again i think people that are like all right well what was the sammy stuff for you're supposed to invest in sammy taking down the bloodline so that he doesn't have them by his side when he wrestles um, Cody at WrestleMania. Like, look at all of the visual cues they've given you. Like, all the way up to the segment this week, um, Cody told him, like, no, one-on-one. And he he did the main villain, um, leave me. Um, (laughs) And so... Leave us. I mean, even look at his shirt. Like he's been wearing the shirt with just him and Paul on it right. since WrestleMania. The yeah. visual cues is that he is now on an island on his own, and that makes him vulnerable. And he knows it after the segment, and it looked like he felt like he got one over on on Cody as he was walking away. You can see he was a little shook because what's going on. You can even see in the segments afterwards he was in a panic. Like, where is Jay? Like, fix this, Jimmy. We need Jay. We need my second in command. No, I feel like this is all setting Roman up for his fall. Like, that's the point of the Sammy stuff. It's to set him up for his fall. Are they, uh, I saw the end of SmackDown about Roman saying that he's going to get Jimmy if it's not next week. Are they setting up this match next week? They're, we're kind of deep in the trenches here. They got yeah, to get to it. Only a couple weeks left till Mania. I think if, they have to be. If I had to guess the story that we're telling here, because I do think that the tag match is going to main event night one, mm-hmm. is that, again, we got a few weeks ago, Sammy telling Jay, I acknowledge you. And it's like, no, your main event Uso without him. You don't need Roman to main event. I mean, okay, it's yeah, a good story. Yeah. I, I mean, interestingly, I, I the point was made a few weeks ago that WWE, or at least sponsors of WWE, really want Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley main eventing. Oh. 
if that's the case at this stage, they are not positioning that match as a main event whatsoever. SmackDown it, did not make the case no. for that at all. They're still making the case that the tag titles are the main event. No. So, and, and I feel like if uh, I wasn't always on board with the tag titles main eventing, but I feel like if uh, you're going into WrestleMania season, the hottest storyline should main event. Absolutely. Yes. And the bloodline stuff is by far the hottest storyline. So it should main event both nights. Um, I and don't get me wrong, I would like to see the women headline as well. And I do feel like But I want to see the women be the hottest story. I don't want it yeah, to just be not just cause. Well well, yeah, and I, I also feel like winning the rumble, it should give you a spot in the main event. But at the same time, this doesn't feel like a main event storyline. It doesn't feel like Charlotte versus Rhea has the heat to get that spot. And that Dom Charlotte segment was not good. I'm sorry, but it wasn't good to me. Why did they do that? <laughs> Because I because I think they really want us to buy in Dom as one of the hottest heels in the company. And he is, but I don't think you needed him in that spot. Right. Uh, Tom Anderson um, brings up what I brought up before, talking about uh, it was so cool meeting you, Will, at West Coast. Over 10 years of emails and finally got to meet. Um, let's see. Uh, Jared says, Grap Sofody. <laughs> Monique says, uh, what's up with old heads and their hate for AEW talent like Mark Calloway? Um, do they get paid to be bitter? Cody said tribalism is between the offices and not talent. I don't think that's true. Enjoy the pay-per-view. It depends on what talent, because I think that there's a lot of support between companies. But I do think some are going to inevitably hold the company line for either place. Um, I don't for a minute believe that Undertaker tweeted from that account. No. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. I do not believe that Undertaker's on Twitter tweeting huge pop. Like, I don't buy that for a second. How could you be? How could you pe- preach what he's preaching about? They talk too much. The new generation is this and that. And then tweet that. that no, I, I, I don't buy that. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting because we've seen a change of tune from Kevin Nash a lot yeah. over the last couple of months, pretty much since Hunter got in charge. All of a sudden, um, he's kind of in WWE can do no wrong mode and you can, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to put two and two together there that, uh, they, they riding for their guy. They're riding for their guy. And I get that. And I actually like Ric Flair too. You notice Ric Flair was like, you know, Kenny Omega is one of the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. Then Hunter's in charge. And he's like, well, actually, uh, you know, nobody got it over there. <laughs> yeah. Re- remember when uh all of a sudden Flair was starting to run with that narrative that AJ's better than, than Brian? I was like, uh, okay, all right, all right, Rick. Yeah. And AJ's so, great, but Brian is Brian. Come so like, it, it's clear who's who's cool with Hunter, I think. Um, but I do think that it is ultimately like this is the thing I, I can't stand from the old heads in pro wrestling, um, where you know I, I'll hear guys like Disco and Conan, and they'll say things like, uh, you know, oh, today's wrestlers, they don't have thick skin. Um, or I guess this is this is how Disco Inferno would say it. Uh, today's wrestlers, they don't have thick skin. Uh, and my, my big issue with that is that, like, and I talked to a wrestler about this who said the same thing, who was like, in your day, the old wrestlers who had criticisms didn't do it on fucking podcasts. Yeah. They didn't do it on social media. Mm-hmm. They didn't, you know, if you're going to be an old head who has a, who makes a crack on a wheel or uter or something like that, you know, maybe they'll do it stopping by the locker room or something like that, or, you know, nudging their buddies, blah, blah, blah. But they weren't doing it publicly in a way that makes the fans of the older generation look down on 
the wrestlers of the newer generation. They weren't doing that. And so you never had to deal with that. Maybe yeah. you had to deal with it behind the scenes. Maybe you had to deal with it um, even in the offices. But it was never influencing public perception. And I think that that's a really big problem that the old wrestlers don't understand. That like when I hear the Jim Cornettes of the world and the guys who have who are older wrestlers who are just downing on the younger generation, do they not recognize that they are actively harming the next generation of the business? They are actively harming the business by allowing their fans to turn away from yeah. uh, the younger generation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that that's an issue, right? And it's like, you don't have to like it, right? But at the same time, the guys older than them didn't like what they were doing. Yeah. Wrestlers from the 80s were consistently complaining about the Attitude Era. They were consistently complaining about um, the stuff that Austin was doing, the stuff that Rock was doing. They were complaining about all of it. ECW, saying garbage yeah. wrestling, like everything. There wasn't uh, nothing like... The, I guess the difference is that they would just complain silently on the the observer, and like we didn't hear about it. But now we have to hear about everything. It's a big difference. Yeah, it's a, it's a much bigger difference. Yeah, um, I feel like they look out of touch too. I think that, yeah. like, I think any of these guys that have been coming after Takesha, for example, this man is beloved, bro. Like just seeing just seeing how people like congregated around him yesterday, this man is beloved by. Um, the American audience like that groan during the ROA show when he was like maybe I'll go back to Japan like that audible gas from the crowd like no they love this man mm -hmm. and I think the Yuta stuff is the same way I don't know where this random thing is coming from where some people don't like Yuta but nah Yuta's been cooking he had that great match last week and he uh he he straightened Ian right up when he was like <laughs> he was like nah I ain't no young boy yep. like I I'm I'm here I'm a champion mm -hmm. and it ain't like he had to get some easy wins to get that championship. Man, he had one of the greatest feuds of last year right. to get that title. So, yeah. nah, put some respect on his name. Now, Yuta was like, I'm not uh, Blackpool Comeback's little buddy. Like, no. I'm, I'm out here. I'm not the little guy of the group. I'm fighting. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Demolition Worm says, Reg's pre-pay-per-view ritual is my everyday ritual. Uh, Jake Salazar says bobby is feuding with bray uh so no this man took the biggest l of mania <laughs> uh what i said he won i guess yeah shot kid 29 says any crazy predictions uh for revolution a la punk returning or a mercedes debut uh also zarian hinted tk's other announcement may be tv related thoughts um, I don't know tonight. It does feel like this is a pay-per-view right for some kind of return or debut. Um, I don't know if I would predict punk. Um, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be mad at it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you guys want to talk about the elite right now? Z elite. Um, yeah, it's uh it's uh a little quiet out here for the elite, man. Ah. It's um, interesting. I it, and I it, don't know what that's about. I, I don't know what to make of it. I I didn't think about it till this morning. Um, but the build to House of the House of Black match has been kind of lacking. And when I really thought about it last night, I was like, they weren't on the countdown. Um, they weren't on the countdown. We haven't seen Kenny Omega cut a promo on TV in a long time. I think it looked coincidental at this show is sponsored by Better Help. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, 
play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One point because of the visa issues. But it is a bit weird that it seems like they've been like sliding down the totem pole on dynamite um it's strange and I, they have been still having good matches on tv but they don't feel like they're a fixture to show anymore no they don't and, and i'm curious i'm i um this is very much something that if it's not asked about in the media scrum um i will definitely oh yeah yeah, yeah the, all three of us will be there and i think it is interesting that their presence on AWTV has really felt reduced recently. And I'm curious what that's all about. Um, do you guys, do you Why guys, would it be, do, do you guys think the optics of it look fishy with the emergence of more punks, more pro punk stuff mm-hmm. online? I'm seeing a lot of more punk pro punk. I mean, pro punk uh, tweets. I'm seeing of him, He's out here. Uh, he's he's a not lot, in he, San Francisco. Don't quote that. No, no, I don't know what that. Don't. He, he's he's, a, a, he's <laughs> out here. Uh, I recognize. I'm like, ah, crap. So I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, somebody <laughs> signed the tweet. Will Washington reported CM Punk is in so, San Francisco. He saw him at the airport. No, uh, <laughs> no. I mean, he's out here. Like he's yeah. just he's been out around. He's no, out no, here. no. He I, is not out I, here. I don't know that. Maybe he is, but I didn't tweet that. I didn't. Report that. Don't don't quote me on yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. I've I've definitely been commenting privately that I've been watching this guy moving for a few weeks now. He outside, bro. Like he has been he has been more visible online. Um, he has been hanging out with guys backstage, letting you know he's hanging out with people backstage. I don't know if that means he'll be back, but it does look away, especially with other things we're seeing. That's what I'm saying. I posed this guy this question to you guys last night. Do you think there could be a world where Tony Khan would choose CM Punk over the elite? Is that a possibility? I don't know if it's choosing over, 
but I can see Tony basically being like, look, I am, look, (laughs) he signed to a contract. You guys are signed to contracts. I am bringing him onto the show. I'm bringing you guys onto the show. That's how this is going to go. But they're also wrapping up their contracts. That's the thing that makes this important here. Um, Do I think there's a world where he picked them or picked Punk? At this point, I feel like he's made it clear that he wants Punk there. Yeah. He he has not said anything negative about the guy since all of this happened. Every time it's brought up, he kind of dances a little bit around it or he'll say no comment. Um, I think that's been the most I, telling thing about I, the whole I, thing. I think there's definitely a world where he could pick him, pick Punk. Because he hasn't slandered Punk. One, like and, Every time somebody brings it up, he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. He goes but, around it. But he's never been like, fuck that motherfucker like most people have. I, I'm going gonna, gonna to play devil's advocate here. And, and the thing that makes this interesting, um, he didn't get the choice to pick Cody or the elite. Right. And look where Cody is right now. He yeah. is on his way to the biggest match of his career. <laughs> yeah. Um and he is a part of what the is biggest show. One of the biggest stories yeah. in wrestling and he's probably going to get one of the biggest accolades in that company of the last 3 years of being the guy to pin Roman Reigns. Right. Um I got to think that at some on some level AEW is looking at this like man, maybe we should try to keep this guy here. Mm. And so I have to look at it otherwise. Like, if you think that there's even a small oh, chance, yeah, yeah, that Punk could leave and go there, kind of the same thing. Like, we he's can't look like up. we're not, we're not, we can't set them up again. We're, we're not, we're not stacking the deck over them, yeah. over there for them to to have this. So right. It's like, do I think that he could be looking around like, now nah, we got to do what we can to keep Punk here. We don't want to make the same mistake. I absolutely think that. But in turn. Possibly giving up Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks to the competition. But, but do you think Kenny would go and wrestle for WWE? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't say yes or no to anything, really. I don't know. I, I still think the chances of him going to New Japan are higher. Yeah. Um, I Do I think the Bucks could end up there? Yes. But, I mean, nothing is out of the realm of possibility, of course. Right. Right. Uh, Van Twinblade says GCW starting now. Alley Catch versus Mason in a cage. Uh, we also have Anwar who says getting access to all of De La Soul's albums again has been a great gift this weekend. Uh, what are y'all's favorite Native Tongues albums? Very, very, Mm-mm. very bittersweet, man. Yes. I, I wish that uh, Trugoy was here. Literally just three weeks ago, this would have been. Yeah, I, I wish he was here to see how much people are finally getting to enjoy their music. Now it's on streaming platforms. Um, that does make it sad for me. Um, but it, it has been awesome to see all of the De La Soul stuff out there. Um, seeing the stuff like people performing their stuff, like that Queen yeah. Latifah clip that's going around is dope. It's amazing. Um, as far as Native Tongue stuff, like I am a big tribe guy, yeah. and I still think like Midnight Marauders is one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. Straight up, yeah, I haven't stopped playing uh, De La since Midnight of the Second or whatever. Whenever it dropped, nothing in my Apple Music has been anything besides De La. So I've been going through, listening, How digesting you- everything so much. It's been great. We- How are you gonna feel when uh, <laughs> you start seeing De La Soul's music in TikTok dances? Is that gonna be a bittersweet thing? It's you know the stakes is high. Come on, man! Damn, he just fucked my whole day up with that. Cause you know it's coming. Like, 
De La Soul, like, why, that's not what De La Soul's about, you guys. You're not about to be doing, bringing in planes with the fucking great music out You know here. the stakes is high. Uh-huh. No, but for real though, that album is incredible. I think the thing about De La Soul, I want to do a long-form pod- podcast about this, about these albums, honestly. But I think the thing about De La, because people are like, what's your, De La, your favorite De La Soul album? I think gradually listening to all the albums and digesting all of them, they just got better with every release. Like, Every new album, you're like, that's better than the last. And that's like a good thing for hip hop. Incredible albums. Every single one of them is dope. If you haven't, go right now and listen to this shit. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's I, where hip hop came from. I'm here for that shit. Yeah. Daylight is definitely one of those acts where if you were a fan from the beginning, they just hold such a special place for you. Right. Like, I remember going to see uh, Far From Home with um, a bunch of my family. And my brother is like a big Daylight fan. And mm-hmm. like seeing his eyes light up when Three is the Magic Number came on at the end. Mm-hmm. They just hold a special place for people, man. And I'm I'm happy that, you know, a new generation can hear their music. Yep. Jake Salazar says, yes, I'm sick of seeing Bray M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> BS every week. We know, so I'm going to I'm going to go out and say it. I don't think that the Bobby stuff in particular should be on Bray. I oh, yeah. feel like it's going to be capping right now. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me finish. <laughs> Let me finish. I don't think this should be on Bray because if anything, I feel like this looks worse on Brock because if you weren't going to win that match, you couldn't at least put Bobby over. Yeah. The, the, the ending of that is, I'm still very, the ending of that feud is awful. The hell that they the, do at elimination. The ending, what was that? Of, the ending of that feud is awful. If you're building up this, uh, this entire feud based off of this premise that in every match, Bobby had his number and Brock narrowly escaped. Mm-hmm. The end of this feud should be Bobby getting the win. Bobby gets it and, and no, the way you're ending this feud is that Brock won with a low blow. Like, no, That's that, that and, and people are like, oh, well, now Bobby's in a bad position because he's in a match with Bray. No, he's in a bad position because the guy that should have put him over <laughs> didn't put him over. That's why. And so now Bray is now getting the strays from that of, no, nah, now he's got to do this horrible Bray stuff. No, he was in a dream match feud. How many? How long have we been asking for Brock versus Bobby? And that's what we got from it. That uh, feud. He was no, still, I feel well, like that, that's worse. He was still gonna do that horrible Bray shit, regardless. I mean, but he hasn't been doing anything. They're just using old clips and, and like. But I, I said this on on after the week, but I need to make this point here on uh, on the mothership here on Grab City. I do have to say, Uncle Howdy is interesting in that. <laughs> Oh, I, I laughed up a People storm. People too, yeah. They're now. like, whose whose voice is that? Like that could have been a local jobber. You don't know that. Like the beauty of Uncle Howdy is that because they're like, is it Bo Dallas? Is it this person? Who fucking cares? Like it's like yeah. I think that's the, you brought up the point yesterday. Did he like finesse them into a deal where like Bray doesn't have to be there every show because now you have this Uncle Howdy who can literally be played by anybody. And he can play the role of oh, Bobby Lashley now gets to beat the shit out of him. Hit him with a couple of spears. Um, hit him with <laughs> so you know, toss him like around the ring. It's like MF Doom. It that's, that's, that's exactly what I I compared it to. If people don't yeah. know, there were there's this urban legend of around Doom of Doom was not doing his shows at one point. He would just have anybody uh, a, a random guy put on a Doom mask that and go out like there him. and perform. <laughs> And he would still make the money from these shows, but it wasn't him in the mask. Mm-hmm. And that's immediately what I thought about with this Uncle Howdy stuff. I'm like, yo, no, 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 no. Go ahead, throw Howdy out there. Use some uh, 
Use some uh, Fi- Firefly Funhouse from 2019. Yeah, I ain't going to be there, bro. It's fine. Um, Put but this again, footage together. <laughs> I, if anything, and I know people are going to say this is what Brave fans do. They blame the management and not him. But nah, everything that y'all blamed Brave for for the last few weeks is not Brave. The pitch black match was not his idea. You want me to believe that this guy that sees wrestling against this art form where he does risky things wanted to go out and do this commercial match that promotes promotes he goes soda? In pitch that, that like, hey, that I, I got an pitch. idea. What if we like had a Mountain Dew match? That ain't Bray's pitch. That's the office's pitch to him. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, And so, no, I don't think that's on him. And I don't think that this Bobby match, this don't look like a Bray pitch. This looks like, hey, Bobby don't have nothing to do for WrestleMania. How about Bray? And Bray was like, okay. That ain't Bray. I mean, that's the, the office. The, the, that's the thing. But also, just consider, my beef has never been with Bray personally. I have no beef with the man. Um, what I have a beef with is what I watch on TV, and it sucks. And that's ultimately how it all plays out. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I'll ask this. Great. I think he's a great mind for the business. When people say that shit, it's real. I'll, it's not, you know, it, it, I think he's been put in horrible positions, but I, don't I agree. Think he's that uh, but here, person, you know? I'll ask this. Do you guys think that they brought him back too soon? And that's part of the problem, because it very much feels like they de- debuted him at Extreme Rules, despite the fact that he clearly was not in ring shape yeah. yet, yet. And I feel like that's been the hold up. And I feel like a part of the reason why he's cooled with a lot of fans is you spent three months building to this match and the match with the pitch black match. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but that's not on Bray. Like I said, if Bray wasn't physically ready to wrestle, maybe not debut him yet. De- him debut him when he's ready. Yeah, or just like don't. Um, I mean, the return was fire, though. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Bill Hemet says after watching the Undertaker versus Mankind documentary last week, how old were you when you guys? First saw uh, their Hell in a Cell match. And what are your thoughts when you first saw it? Uh, Big Ups, Grapsity. I've told this story before for me, but uh, I was 10 when it happened. But I also used to watch pay-per-views on like cable scramble vision. And so I remember this one vividly in that all I remember was seeing like a green wavy shot that I couldn't make out what was happening. But hearing JR screaming, God is my God is my witness. You killed him. You killed him. And I'm like, something's happening here to mankind, but I don't know what it is. Uh, I remember uh, I watched it live on pay per view with the screen and everything. But surrounding it, so interesting enough, they had beat that feud into the ground. By the time they got to that Hell in the Cell match, we were all like, "Why?" Like it, for years. Yeah, like we were all like, "This doesn't even make sense. Why are they randomly doing this Hell in the Cell match?" So going into it, it kind of felt like the Undertaker streak with with uh, Brock Lesnar was like, we all know it. Like, why are they even doing this? This is dumb. But then the outcome happens, and you're like, oh shit! Like, I guess that's what happened with Mick Foley. Mick Foley was like, well, we beat this feud into the ground. We got to do something crazy to do it, and he did some crazy. And yeah, I don't. As a 11 year old kid, it blew my brain, especially uh, somebody that was super into like ECW and crazy table shit. That was like, yo, yeah. this guy's crazy. What's he doing out here? Yeah, I feel like for a, a large generation of fans, seeing him get thrown off the cage is a formative wrestling memory. Yes. Like, I, I can't imagine what our wrestling viewing habits would be if we did not see this man get thrown from a right. table with his nose full of his own teeth. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, though, I never actually saw it for years. I only remember 
watching it scrambled because the main event of that show was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kane first blood. And I'm like watching and uh, like listening intently for who's bleeding. And <laughs> I'm like, how's Kane going to bleed? That don't even make any sense because he wears a mask. And uh, like, they're gonna... and there was a, if he loses, he sets himself on fire. Also, Kane. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember watching that and then hearing that Kane's the new champion, like all of that. But whenever WWE would replay the Mankind stuff, they always just showed still shots. And so I would just see Mankind like on top of the cell, then on the side of the cell, then through a table. But it was years before I actually saw what happened. Um, when they released the the Foley VHS documentary on him, that's when I finally got to that see Foley's what happened. Got? Um, before that, because they had the three faces of Foley one. They had Foley is, uh, I think it was Foley is good. And then they had um, Hard Knocks and Cheap Pops. Like he had a number of them. Yeah. Yeah, uh, shout out to Mick Foley, by the way. Man, no, great, great so guy. You guys want to tell this Undertaker story again? Are you sure? <laughs> um, Brett, a thing that I don't know, think people know about Mick Foley is just how much he is a supporter of women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he, a huge supporter of women's wrestling. Um, and just from all accounts, just seems like an all-around nice guy. Definitely. Uh, Kate says, shout out to Reg for an awesome first show and surviving all the Bray Wyatt troll chats. Let's go. Remember we were talking about this last night, Will Washington, how uh, Twitter's not real and like how much no one came up to me last night and was like, Bray Wyatt talk, not one person, uh, zero uh, percent. I was out all day and no one came up to me and was like, <laughs> well, what about your Bray Wyatt takes? Because that shit ain't real. And I was out having a good time, drinking Hennessy, not giving a fuck about nothing. Uh, I'm not sure what, what this is said. a reference to because it was uh, sent 10 minutes ago, but the pro wrestling podcast is duh. Uh, and okay. <laughs> thank you, appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, appreciate everybody's super chats and humper chats, by the way. Pro Wrestling Podcast also says, I don't think we need to have to put the puzzles together with every Bray segment. Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm not again, that's not the really the point I'm making. I think that an issue here is that there's stuff Bray wants to do, and there's what the office wants to do. Uh, Jake says, Phil, he's never been physically ready to wrestle. Jake, I get it. You don't like Bray Wyatt. Like, I, I get it. You don't like Bray Wyatt. Cool. Uh, Kenneth Love says, Omos Cody next mania? LOL. I mean, no. look, Brock, Brock, I think, is the smartest guy in pro wrestling. Yeah. This man was, like, I'm just thinking about, I'm, I've been fantasizing about this scenario. Fantasizing, that's not the term I want to use here. But um, I've been imagining this scenario. Sweet, sweet fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest song of all time. But, uh, so... Thinking about this scenario where Brock showed up to Elimination Chamber and they're all excited for him. And they're like, Brock, we got this great match for you. WrestleMania is going to be Bray Wyatt. Uh, I don't know if you saw SmackDown last night, but we even had Bray Wyatt. <laughs> we even had Bray Wyatt issue the... Yeah. <laughs> we had Bray Wyatt issue a challenge to the winner of tonight's match. And he's like, what show? <laughs> Channel does that come on? <laughs> ain't, ain't gonna work for me, brother. Yeah, he's like, no, that that's not working for me. That no, I, like, well, well, Bobby's got to beat you then. Be who? <laughs> beat me? He, he hit him with the Bobby who? Yeah. <laughs> um, I I have this question though. Why is it when he decides ain't gonna work for me, brother, or I don't want to put this guy over? Is he considered smart? But when other people do it. They're going into business for themselves, and they're politickers. And oh, he's been doing it for a long no, time. First off, 
it's halfway joking when I say he's considered smart because but like, there's some people that really believe that. I know. I mean, I say it because like, look, we've witnessed what feuds with Bray Wyatt do to everyone involved with them, which is nobody has ever walked into a Bray Wyatt feud and walked out of it better than they walked in. Um, and I mean, you can make the case with Brock as well that a lot of baby faces that went into a few with Brock came out of the other side of it buried. Yeah. Pretty much Roman is like the one guy who I mean Roman's the only guy like I mean and when he almost didn't make it out. Like I mean I mean I mean Kofi has never really recovered from that, that Brock lost Biggie. I mean look at what this is currently doing to Lashley. I mean I mean, I still think it, I still think that Joe should have beat this man at Great Ball of Fire. Yeah. yeah. Even fucking Braun Strowman should have got. I mean, Braun is another yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yep. There's a case to be made. There is. Uh, let's see. We got a couple super chats. I'll start with the Tumper chat from Tony P. He says, "Didn't know you were on." Um, that's because we actually really did a short notice. Uh, I think we gave people like ten minutes notice. Um, but he says, uh. So some things, or so so some things. Okay, got it. Says I think Swerve and Keith are heading for lights out. Uh, the bad takes about Eddie being an ROH are silly. It shows TK has trust in him, and he is a name that will make you watch ROH if you are a big fan. And he says then Punk. Punk may have been right about some things in the gripe bomb, but you need to know if you're a Punk fan and say the elite are behind that new rumor uh, from some reporters are also a part of the problem he has and possibly helps fuel some issues backstage. All right, we'll address a few of those things. Um, Swerve and Keith, I think uh, we'll take Parker out of the equation for now because uh, he needs to be taken out of a lot of equations. I can't. <laughs> no comment. I mean, that wasn't that like his first tag match. That, that was his first that? tag match ever. Um, and, you know, he, he, uh, was in there with some veterans. He was yeah. in there with uh, with Keith Lee. He was in there with Dustin. Um, but I definitely think that uh... where is Trench Montana at, man? We still haven't seen this guy. Too. <laughs> He's, <laughs> out. Trench... He's out. He's uh, out of here. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, but as far as like. I know the role Parker fills, which is that he's a heater. He was the guy to eat the pin. You know, that's that's what he's in there for. Yep. Um, but uh, who that his performance in there? No good. But, you know, whose performance was very good. Uh, Keith and Swerve together. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that changed, buddy. I Ooh. am ready to see them two face each other. Uh, I am actually not happy that it's not on the card tonight. It Thank should you. be. Um, I. I'll take some more build if it's going to get it to a, a bigger stage. Yeah. Um, and lights out would be a good place for it to finally end. Yeah. Um, but I would do that way down the line. Like, like honestly, I would like to see them uh, go just straight up one on one a couple of times, and then once you've finally reached that point where it can't be contained, then go lights out. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think that we're off to a bad start by putting all of the Keith and Square stuff on Rampage, and that's not to say that Rampage is the motion, but I feel like something as big as Keith's return should have been on Dynamite. And I feel like that tag match would have helped the second hour of Dynamite this weekend. Yes. Like, Great. like I feel like Dynamite was fine this week. It was good. But I feel like that second hour drag, drag especially yeah. with the Battle Royal, I, I thought that 
the second hour could have used something like that tag match. That main event segment was great, though. The, yeah, it was great. Brian hitting that you're going to get your fucking head kicked in. Listen. That man is, I think he is the best babyface promo around today. Um, but I think I will handle a debate between him and Cody. But then also Moxley. Moxley. Moxley's promo. Oh, my God. That blood promo in the hallway with the dripping and him going off and saying, you aren't. I got that dog. And you think you got that dog in me, but I'm the one. That was masterful. I think that was the best promo of the week. Include whatever fucking promo you want. Okay. I mean, I, I personally <laughs> think it was the Brian promo. And I, I think I think the Brian promo has me a believer. I think he's going to win tonight. You boys convinced me that Brian Danielson is winning the belt tonight. I, I, I didn't believe it. Before. I think he's winning tonight, man. Yeah. Hmm. Dream Ninja 77 says the big money match to me is bianca versus Rhea. it's clear they both uh they view both women as the real deal when do you do it SummerSlam? wait till mania next year i mean look they're both really young you have time i would yeah. say you could wait till mania next year and still yeah. be fine yeah. um yeah they could have an all-time career-long feud if, what do you do with Rhea on the way there though yeah like she get she beating charlotte i think she should she, she she definitely has to beat charlotte at wrestlemania and i think if they wanted Rhea to win the Royal Rumble and get the main event match. I feel like main eventing with Bianca made more sense. It did. Uh, I feel like that's and then the, the Oscar and Charlotte. Like they, I don't like what happened. Yeah. You got what happened. I, here? I feel like Oscar <laughs> Oscar versus Charlotte should have happened. Yeah, this somewhere year in the instead. middle, these two matches got screwed up when they should have been. I, the I feel like they should have switched those opponents yeah. personally, but it is what it is. Um, and, and I get part of the reason is that Ray is on SmackDown and they're getting ready to move Judgment Day probably to SmackDown, and that's part of the reason of you know, continuing the Ray and Dom stuff. And I thought the Ray and Dom stuff this week was really good. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't, did we did we answer the second half of that question with the punk stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Look, I, I, it is no secret I'm a punk fan, but I also know that punk is just like any wrestler. And sometimes punk is, punk is wrong. And sometimes punk is out for self. The thing that, uh, I don't want to say it bothered me a little bit is that, uh, the way he handled things at All Out really diminished the fact that some of his points weren't wrong. Um, some of the things that he was upset about were valid. Well, um, I saw a nice tweet. I'm under the impression that the brawl out was fake. It was for a reality show. <laughs> they faked this whole thing for AEW All Access, and we're going to be all in, and we're going to see everything going on behind it. And then right as we think it's going down, here comes CM Punk live on Dynamite. That's my new finding i think i i've been thinking about this for a while um how do you debut this guy if you bring him back and i do think it would be really funny if um they were just like panning across the crowd and like he was just sitting in the crowd eating popcorn <laughs> that would be really really funny he's just sitting there eating popcorn like oh hey i'm here guys <laughs> and they're just like cm punk what are you doing <laughs> he's just like yeah i'm i'm here guys i'm, I'm still on this roster <laughs> i like that yeah, um, I mean, I'll always say that I think of everything that went down between um, Hangman's promo before Double or Nothing, Punk calling out Hangman, uh, and even the fight itself, and I don't know all the details of that, but just everything that at least played out publicly, the worst offense is still the gripe bomb. And so for that, I... Uh, you know, regardless of what points were made in it, that's still the worst thing. And that's what I was saying this week when I, I tweeted out that, um, you know, I think 
the stuff Punk was talking about and that there was a rumor that came out this past week. And it was we talked about it on the show last week, that very rumor. And it was uh, the rumor was another one of those ones that painted Punk in a negative light and made uh, the elite or at least Hangman in this case look like the victim of CM Punk. And I don't know if that's the case, but at least it came out that that wasn't true. And everything I had heard going into Double or Nothing at the time was that, yeah, Punk's going to win. Like, we knew that. We knew right. this was yeah. the case going in. And so uh, that was an interesting rumor, I thought. And uh, <laughs> the, the issue, of course, and I'm not saying that the elite put this out there because I don't think they did. Um, but I think that there are definitely some pro elite people yes. who are trying to create the perception. I, I definitely don't think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden when it feels like there is more pro punk energy out there, all of a sudden this story comes out that look, he, he, he didn't want to, he didn't want to go old. He didn't want to put hangman over. Um, and I think the thing that makes it believable is I can very much believe after hangman went into business for itself in that promo that he was like, Nah, I will never lose to this guy. And basically, I don't want to work with him again. But I don't think that that means that the plan wasn't always for Punk to win. I think that those things can be mutually exclusive. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just think that people are taking things that they may or may not know about Punk and trying to use that to say, look, he ruined the finish of this match when that probably was never the finish of the match. Um, but again, I feel like you, you two, two things can be true. Um, and then that's why I'm like, it can be true that he mishandled things at all out and that he could have handled things better. And the way that he did things, even with the receipt, to hangman were handled poorly. But at the same time, he can also be valid in his reasons for being upset. Um, and I, I think that's the thing that people are kind of getting confused here. Like, because I've said from the beginning, I don't think hangman should have did that. In that right. I think he was wrong for that. Right. And I think it's okay to say that he was wrong and also say that punk was wrong too. Definitely. Yeah, I don't think there's, like, I could 100% believe that Punk went back there and said, I'll never lose to this motherfucker ever. But I don't, like, we all knew what the outcome of that match was, and I don't think any promo changed what went on there. They're both wrong. I hope they get this shit fixed. I'm tired of it already. I want to see everybody wrestling on the TV show. From my understanding, I, I feel like it's pretty known at this point that from most accounts, it seems like Hangman felt bad about his part in it. Yeah. I don't think that that's like something I'm putting on this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that he felt good about the part he played in any right. of this. He wasn't like, ha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that that would go with everything that we kind of know about Hangman as well, that I don't think Hangman would be a guy that would intentionally do malicious things and then kind of skate away from responsibility afterwards. Right. Uh, ShotKid29 says... Uh, the Bucks I look at in a similar light as FTR MJF because uh, of how often they're working. That said, tomorrow's BTE will be interesting after a week off. Yeah, um, I'm assuming House of Black is losing here. Um, but boy, did they look good with those belts on Dynamite. Um, Guess we'll see. I don't we know. We shall see. Uh, Mr. CJ Lilly says, Alexa has been badly affected uh, by all uh, all this, she's off WrestleMania again right now, completely snubbed by WWE. If not for either Brock, Bobby, she'd be on the card with Bray discussing what's happening uh, with her Triple H. Maybe. Um, I do think the fact that they moved on to Bobby and Bray kind of hurt Alexa's uh, WrestleMania plans as well. 
it does seem like something happened that they had to change. And I don't know if that's the fact that she went away for personal reasons or the booking change. It seems like whatever, something happened here and plans got changed. Uh, we got C. Romero says, uh, sup, fellas. Was glad Hobbs won the ladder match. Y'all's thoughts on the title match being Wednesday instead of a week or two to give it a little build. Um, I I don't want to see it this Wednesday. I would like to see it uh, pushed a little further out, and I'm hoping that maybe Wednesday Hobbs does kind of give it a, you know what? I'm going to take my time, Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you take your time because I'm coming for you when I'm ready. Um, speaking of the Bray stuff, um, I was very much of the opinion that uh, Bray harmed L.A. Knight. The L.A. Knight pop on Friday. I think I might have been wrong. It seems like this guy is getting over. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even see the segment. So no, there was a there was a definite pop for him when he okay. came out, and people are definitely starting to get louder with the "Let me talk to you" when he does it. Um, I hear people doing the "Yeah." A lot more often now. I think that he is gradually getting over with the crowd. Speaking of which, shout out Kofi, um, who was hurt this week. And uh, I know that there's talk that he might not. I I don't know how severe it is, but uh, no, I know. I don't. man. I mean, there's people talking about, you know, obviously Kofi being um, up there in terms of tenure and an age that. yeah, I'm just I'm hearing people kind of talking about, well, you know, what do you do at this age? You know, it was like when R Truth got hurt last year, and it was like, well, R Truth is in his fifties. Uh, what what's happening here? And I don't know. Kofi is somebody that obviously I'm a massive fan of. Kofi and E being out is just I, very unfortunate. I just feel like the new day deserves so much better than it looks like their time with the company is ending. And yeah. it's very unfortunate. Um, some of it is, is, is just some um, bad luck, but I do think some of them, some of this is that the company didn't capitalize like they should have uh, both on E and Kofi's title ranks. Limitless club says, uh, please convince Swerve to swap Parker for EJ and Tankman. Well, I'm seeing that a lot. And I, I would like to see EJ with Swerve, man. I do think visually they would look better. But at the same time, I'm trying to give uh, Mogul Affiliate to try yeah, as, as yeah. Swerve is, is is positioning them. And I, I still think the visual of those two standing behind Swerve does look cool. And I do think they're good heaters if they're just supposed to be like minions for him. This is, I, this is how I'll put it. Yeah. If there's two of them, I would rather, I mean, not rather. I don't mind Parker and Trench. I think that is a good visual mm-hmm. as two heaters for him. I think wherever Trench is, if Trench isn't back, I don't want it to be just Parker. I think just Parker is no good, and I think EJ would be a much better fit. Yeah, it's just one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and man, really excited to see what EJ does next. Man, um, guy is in tremendous shape. Um, I think he did some great stuff with MLW. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does. It definitely seems like. Um, aw is his future home because he's been doing more work there i don't know yeah i guess we'll see um orion ben 666 says can y'all spare a word about our savior stokely yo he's been great um i think the reveal this week that he's been faking this injury and he used the cast in a match so good it all of it's great the mm-hmm. fact that he's been dressing like uh 
former Black Panther member all week, <laughs> yes. all month. It's just been amazing. That uh, video, the, the promo that they did backstage where <laughs> Ethan Page and Stokely are talking and then Matt Hardy comes up and Stokely's like, you were on my life. You were on my life. And then at the end, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, him when Isaiah Mountain is him, him sitting in the corner panicking <laughs> because he knows he has to wrestle hook now. Just such a great visual. Man. Everything happening with this angle is great. Everybody's playing a great role. Yeah, it's actually been very good. And honestly, I think Stokely is very, very funny. Uh, I mean, very funny. He's um, very funny, very good at this. But the Isaiah Moan getting over the way it has. I, is blowing my mind like the fact that he got a crowd to do it last week at elevation <laughs> yeah i listen I, I definitely feel like isaiah is the unsung hero of this angle when he comes out and he and he acts like jeff next to matt it's funny every time um no i think that isaiah is funny and you could see his legitimate friendship with matt every time they're on screen yeah um i just really wish mark was there man i i want to see private party get a push as a tag team mm -hmm. i just think it's a shame that that's not happening it's just bad luck yeah no but um another i was right is this whole stokely <laughs> hathaway thing i knew this was gonna happen i knew he was gonna be great the happiest thing about it for me is him being with lee because yeah. he adds a different element. You see how Lee's been acting ever since he's joined in. Just added an extra element of charisma, personality, all the things you would want with Stoke. Stoke is just the perfect person to I, bounce off of. I'm just gonna say, Cocky Lee is great because Amazing. we're because we're so used to him as an indie wrestler being a babyface, and he's so likable as a babyface. But having conversations with this man in real life and just seeing like his facial expressions, I'm like, no, this is who this man really is. Yeah, it really like, is. I, I almost feel like it the is. stories we hear as fans of like, man, Lee is a really nice guy. Like he does have a little bit of an edge to him that I do like to see on TV. Um, I think we'll have Leon really soon. Yeah, we should. Yeah, uh, we will. As, as for reasons that we talked about in person, yeah. it will be a great interview. Yes, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Caden says, Will, I met you a year ago today at the concert. That's oh, right. The concert yeah, was a year yeah, ago today. Yeah, Where, where's yeah, the time wow, going? Wow, wow, wow. Uh, this is CJ Lilly says, I'd say LA Knight has gotten over during the Brave feud. You hear the pop on Friday yeah. and at the live shows this week, uh, chanting for LA Knight. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, it, it's, I didn't think, I really thought this was going to be a bad idea, but it looks like that he came out of the other side of this um, working out. I'll have to check it out. I'm happy to see it. Um, I saw most of SmackDown, but I didn't see that. SmackDown was pretty good this week. Um, I think it was better than last week's. I, I think the, I think the Cody and Roman stuff definitely helped. I thought that segment was excellent. I thought that, why didn't I want? Oh, Nuggets are playing Memphis. That's why. Yeah. I'm like, I, I was at home, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I thought that segment was excellent. I think um, this definitely felt like a WrestleMania main event, seeing those two in a ring together. Uh, it definitely had the energy and the atmosphere of a WrestleMania feud. So I'm excited. And I thought um, all of the storytelling stuff they did in just that little bit of time was really good. Um, Cody giving his defiant um, speech about how, why he's going to beat him and Roman just passive aggressively going, yeah, but have you ever had one of these <laughs> and then lays both the belts on the ground and then uh -huh. have you ever main event at WrestleMania? Can you do this? And, and, and then, and then him very passive aggressively taking the thing that we know that Cody hates and it's the dusty impersonations. Mm -hmm. And I immediately remembered that tweet from, three years ago, sorry, five years ago, of him saying he hates Dusty impersonations. And I'm like, Roman's really good at this as a heel. And you could tell that he is a product of the Drake era 
of being as passive aggressive as possible and just like sitting sitting there with that smug look on his face. But again, I think the story that they've been telling with Cody since he's got there is that mind games are not going to work on him because he has a goal and I am focused on that goal to be WWE champion. It didn't matter what he said. It didn't matter what Paul said in that other promo. He just sat there the whole time like, okay, I'm still going to beat you at WrestleMania. And so when you saw him walk out of the ring, he was like, Mm, I have a I have a problem on our hands with this guy. Where is Jay? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that was very, very good. Uh, Where is Jay? <laughs> David Reed says, Ambrose had to leave WWE for three years after his WrestleMania match with Brock to get his career back on track. I'm just saying, and remember how bad wait, Ambrose wait, came wait, wait. out? Oh, oh, wait, but, but hold on, hold on. Because Brock, Brock, I mean, because Ambrose won the WWE title after that. Uh, I think... If anything, it was interesting because Ambrose, because Brock was supposed to face Bray at that WrestleMania. Yes. WrestleMania 32 was supposed to be Bray versus Brock, but a couple of things happened because they had started a babyface turn for Brock. Yes. And then abandoned it because of uh, the fact that they uh, Ambrose was getting so hot and Ambrose needed a big WrestleMania match and they ended up giving Ambrose that's, Brock. That's how we got that awful TV spot. Yes. Um, and, and what was interesting though about the two was that it was like they never really like fully abandoned the Brock babyface turn, but at the same time, uh, Ambrose was so over as a babyface that it's like okay, Brock has to play a heel here. I I know what he means though because I don't know if you guys remember of how how poorly um, Mox came off in the episode of Broken Skull Sections with. Um, with Austin because he was like, look, I wanted to do these things in the match. And he couldn't give the answer he wanted to without throwing Brock under the bus. But he was like, look, I wanted to do this. I wanted it. And Austin sitting there like, well, give it to me. Like, I just don't feel like you've, you've hit that note as champion. Like, where is it? Give it to me. And he was sitting there like, yeah, I like that. I understand what you're saying, but it, it wasn't me, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm, me. I'm glad they were able to do a second podcast together after he joined AEW. But but yeah, I do think yeah. that he took a lot of blame for Brock versus Ambrose not being good. And at and what we found out later is that it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. Brock just didn't want to do a lot of stuff that he pitched. Yep. Which now knowing who Mox is and knowing what Mox would pitch today, yes. like he was ready to give it up. No, no, he yeah. did say that he pitched barbed wire. Yeah, he 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 went over some of the stuff he pitched. and he said I would have taken it all. He was like Brock didn't have to do anything. Like I would have Brock didn't been the do one it. getting my shit kicked in and Brock's like get the yeah. suplexes and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I missed that match entirely. By the way, I have still to this day never seen that match um, because I went to the bathroom where for, during what I thought was a break, but WrestleMania 32 had the longest bathroom lines ever, and by the time I got back to my seat. Brock versus Ambrose was over. Um, I thought hey. with that, I was like, was I way that long? Or was that match not that long? And it was a little bit of both. Think about the, uh, about it. At, like for a minute, like those three guys in the Shield were seen as the future of the company. And for a minute, a lot of the Brock matches with those three guys underdeveloped. All of them. Underdeveloped. All, all are delivered. Yeah. All I wouldn't them. say all of them. I feel like the Roman matches got better at least at some point. I mean, the, a lot of those Roman matches didn't hit either. No, I'd say the Roman match started good. And then after that, actually, I think tailed off. I think the second one is really bad. Um, <sighs> the third one, I'm just talking one on one because I know people bring up the, the triple threats and four ways and stuff, but it's strictly one on one. The fourth one, 
was like nothing. That was the one. Or the third one was the, greatest. The, the percentages are not good for that. that yeah, I, they I did the SummerSlam one with the dumb cash in. Yeah, uh, that never happened. Like that sucked too. Um, I would say out of all of them, I think the SummerSlam match with Rollins is one of the better Brock matches with those three guys. Yeah, because um, I feel like the storytelling in that match is better. Um, but I, I still think at least two of those Roman matches were good. I wasn't a huge fan of at least half of them. <laughs> uh, let's see. We'll read a few more and then we got to get out of here because we got a pay-per-view to get to um, and we got to eat. But uh, Jared says, uh, Bianca should go heel after WrestleMania. But do you think WWE would hold off on that considering there's no other black women at her level um, wrestling slash overness? There's no other black women. The, the show has... Um, matter of fact, can I read my stats, stats here? Time. Stats time. Drop All right. Stats. I did some um, stat tracking over Black History Month. Um, I was going to put this together in an infographic. I'm still working on the infographic, and I will tweet all of this out. But I had some interesting stats. I was tracking Black wrestlers and their, uh, their representation over Black History Month. And now that Black History Month is over... I would like to pull the stats as it were. So here we have, we'll start with the number of different black performers featured in matches. And I tracked this across six different wrestling TV shows. The six shows are Dynamite, Impact, NXT, Rampage, Raw, and SmackDown. So we'll start with number of different black performers featured in matches. Dynamite featured 10 black performers. Impact featured 7. NXT featured 10. Rampage featured 10. Raw featured 7. And SmackDown featured 4. And off the top of my head, I believe the 4 on SmackDown were Kofi Kingston, uh, the two members of Hit Row, and Ricochet. Um, Now we have matches containing black wrestlers. Dynamite has 10 with an asterisk. Reason for the asterisk, if you scroll down, is because I got all these match listings off of Cage Match. That's where I pulled all of these. And Cage Match does consider the gauntlet with Ricky Starks to be three different matches. If you look at that as one match, then you lose two from that count. It becomes eight. Um, But Cage Match typically tracks gauntlets as um, individual matches rather than uh, multiple as as one match so it depends on how you look at it so yeah. that's why i put an asterisk because it's yeah based off of these are all cage match stats and therefore hmm. either way so dynamite had 10 impact had eight uh nxt had 11 so that is the most rampage had nine raw had nine smackdown had five uh then we had episodes that featured no black wrestlers in ring dynamite had zero uh, Impact did have one. NXT had zero. Rampage had zero. Raw had one. SmackDown had one. Uh, then we had matches won by a black wrestler. Again, with an asterisk. Dynamite has seven. Impact had three. NXT had five. Rampage had three. Raw had five. SmackDown had two. Matches lost by a black wrestler. Dynamite had seven. Impact had six. NXT had six. Rampage had six. Raw had five. SmackDown had three. Main events featuring a black wrestler. Dynamite had one. Impact had three. NXT had two. 
Rampage had two, Raw had one, SmackDown had zero. And finally, the stat that kind of makes all of this make sense, because obviously the shows have different lengths, shows have different uh, amounts of matches, shows have different wrestlers. So what I calculated here was the average percentage of Black performers featured in ring per show. Dynamite's average percentage of Black wrestlers was 23%. Impact, 16%. NXT, 22%. The highest was actually Rampage with 24%. You have Raw with 16% and SmackDown with 10%. I think one of the jarring things there is SmackDown um, seems to have the least in most of the categories. And I think the thing that is not talked about nearly enough is how I don't feel like there has been any black wrestler on SmackDown that has looked like a legitimate contender for the Universal title. What uh, what, oh, what, what network are they on? <laughs> I mean, look, I'll say this. The, they put out the list of every one of Roman's title defenses. Yeah. There's no black wrestlers in that. He hasn't defended the title against one. Dude, I've seen, yeah, and I've seen what people talk about. They they usually bring up Big E, and that's not a title match. That was a was, champion versus champion match. And he still won that. But um, yeah. yeah, that was, and he should have because yeah. you know, we I wouldn't mean, be here today if he hadn't. I, um, yeah, I don't like the way they booked Big E that year yeah. going into that match. Um, and I still think that if you had anybody that was kind of ready made to dethrone Roman at one point, it was E. The story was there. And I feel like he should have cashed in on E instead of Bobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I, I do think that they did at least get a good accolade for him out of it of of having a black wrestler, you know, hand the title off to another black wrestler. Yeah. We wouldn't have gotten that if um, he beat Roman. But the storyline was always Roman. I mean, because remember the segments where Big E was showing up behind Heyman, laughing with the ba- with the with the briefcase, and we never got payoff that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Mr. C.J. Lilly says uh, if Bianca beats Kana. Uh, do those Super Cena comparisons grow louder as she buried Damage Control and Dark Alexa if Kana follows? Is that one too many? I mean, I feel like buried is, buried a, is, is, a, strong is, is a strong word. Yeah. She didn't bury those wrestlers. I think that um, I do think that you are in a tough position right now with Asuka in particular because now we've got this stat that Asuka is the first woman to win a Royal Rumble, a Money in the Bank match and an elimination chamber. So she's won three stipulation matches at this point to get a title match. And two of those matches where she won the outcome under delivered. She lost at WrestleMania to Charlotte. She didn't get a chance to cash in the money in the bank briefcase because uh, Becky uh, went on maternity leave. And now you've got a chance to finally give her that signature win. I think she has to win at WrestleMania this year. Mm, I don't know if they're going to give it to her, though. You know how I, they like those stats. I feel like it's she, crazy to be she like, has to, though. It's crazy to be saying we want someone to beat a black woman's I, champion. Yeah, but I, I feel like... But I agree that Asuka should win this match. She needs a signature win at WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, she needs a signature win on the main in roster general. in general. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think that any of this repackaging her and having her come back with the clown makeup makes sense if she just loses right away. Right. Uh. Joel Allison says, uh, Andrew Zarian hinted that Ring of Honor headed to TV deal. Thoughts? Uh, I haven't seen that yet, um, but I can literally just call Andrew right now and he'll look usually... At, look at his name, name dropping. No, I mean, he, I mean what the thing is... No, no, because we're friends. Like, he'll, he'll tell me what he knows, but like, I won't put that out there. I, I can um, call him. <laughs> <laughs> Guy. Industry number one, baby. 
No, for real though. Uh, it is one of those things. I don't know what he reported um, or even what he's hinted at, but um, I guess I'd be curious to know. Um, I just text him, but <laughs> I because I do want to know. It's I do. Yeah, I I didn't hear that report. I don't know. I do think that it's a little soon because we just got the first match on Honor Club. So I mean, no, I honestly know. though, I mean, what did we say though? We said that you know, as far as Honor Club was concerned, um, the goal for Tony needed to be to put an actual show together because yeah. trying to sell it on Ring of, I mean, on AEW TV was really ineffective because you're not selling what the show is going to be. And I think that putting an actual show together. Hey, if you had like a Warner person in the building when you were filming those, yeah. maybe that was enough. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I, I do think the first match is a good sign, but at the same time, is it indicative of what it would look like on TV? Because this is wrestling with no ad breaks and right. this is like free of like some of the confines of television wrestling. So yeah. I don't know. I kind of like that, by the way, uh, because we saw this list of matches and we're like, how are they going to fit all this in two hours? Yeah. Because it looked like a massive show. It looked like this is going to be like a four hour show. But then I forgot to even think about, well, you ain't got commercial breaks. Yeah. You don't have yeah. uh, any like they ran video packages and they had promos in between. But then you just get straight to the next match. You don't have you don't have a whole lot of the downtime that you have on TV um sorry somebody's balloon is blowing away i'm like massively distracted by this <laughs> but anyway um yeah you don't have any of those confines and i thought this was a better show for it i enjoyed I that and uh also I, I actually like honor club as a subscription service i think i would like for the video quality to be a little bit better but at the same time it is a pretty easy app to use yeah um i like it reminds me a lot of WWE Network. It actually, as I was navigating it, I was missing WWE Network yeah. as much as like, oh, here's the, like these cool collections of things and the way um, it's searchable. Like I thought, damn, I, I forgot about network. having a dedicated wrestling streaming service here. Um, shout out to Impact Plus, by the way. Uh, but that yeah, was cool. Uh, Shotkit29 says, my last thing on Elite, Kenny's comments on pods about punk and his career along with uh along with his option getting picked up when cody's wasn't hints to me that they aren't going anywhere but could be reading too much yeah i don't know i don't know what to make of this omega stuff i don't know if i believe he would leave i don't know all right we got to read a couple more and then we got to get out of here uh brian mahoney says bray wyatt is like trying to do texas chainsaw massacre in the white house you can't do it uh big budget yeah, too bad Lucha Underground isn't still around. That would have been the perfect place for what Bray Wyatt's been trying to do. Honestly, um, like last year, I had the conversation with Phil around this time last year where we were debating, like, where should Bray go? And I was like, Impact. Um, and that he wasn't... Uh, Impact. And that wasn't necessarily just like a, a knock at him saying, like, you know, just keep him off my TV. But more so, that was like, for the stuff he wants to do, I don't think AEW was ever going to be the place for him. Um, and I don't think... Uh, and I said that the moment he was released, I'm like, don't send him to AEW unless he's willing to do an indies run to reinvent himself and do something entirely he, different. He ain't Eddie wrestler though. Yeah. Um, but 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 that hey, you know, if he wanted to prove that he's got something else in the tank and like wanted to start over, I was like a Matt Cardona type run for him would would be the way to do it. And yeah. then uh, so I was like, but if he wants to do kind of his uh, as Reg will put it, his spooky dookie. Um, <laughs> yeah, that name cracks me up. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I wouldn't be mad at him going and doing like other promotions, but I think I told you at the time 
WWE is the best place for him because yeah, the yeah. Pr- the production value is going to be better than Impact's. And like, if you think of like the White Rabbit stuff, like that stuff wouldn't have done as well anywhere else. And that did do really well. Like that that is still one of the big successes of last year. Shy Town Spurs says, uh, "Brit dropped a you can look but you can't touch line on Wednesday." And Nikki uh, is that Revolution? Stop hmm. it. Uh, pretty Stop. sure they literally just announced the start of a new show that. Um. Yeah, they have a show on Prime. Yeah, I don't know, but I know that that Stop. Bree. Is, I know Bree is in town. Bree is in town for Brian's match. But uh, as far as uh, Nikki is concerned, I don't know. That I think that was just words. Yeah, Primo. Uh, Broadway Joe says, "Shocking to me, they never even teased a broad, a Bobby Roman match. That's an easyum stadium or an easyum, an easy stadium filling main event, and now he's being fed to Spooky Man." I I still think one of the worst things they did when Bobby came back is having Bobby beat Roman on pay per view, and then going up. Oh, well, we got to have a match to decide the number one contender, but. No, he beat him on pay-per-view. Why isn't he the number one contender for Brock's title at that time? And they just did the, the TV match and Roman beat him. So I'm like, okay, so that pay-per-view match didn't matter then. Great. <laughs> Trust the process says if CMFTR Elite does happen, who do you think would go over and who should go over? Easy. I think CMFTR loses the trios match, but... FTR should win the Bucks three match. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I think you have to do both uh, at this point. If you are, if any of them all come back into the fold, which like, could you imagine with all this stuff that everybody's talking about? Like, the end solution seems to be for everybody who seems to have an issue, but they all have issues with each other. Right. But the solution is always like, well, what if they go to WWE? But like, what if Kenny goes to WWE and the Bucks follow him to go to WWE? But then FTR goes to WWE and they have a problem with the Bucks. And then also CM Punk, who has a problem in all of this, also goes to WWE. And all of these issues just end up in WWE, which doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't know. Do we have do we have Humper Chats left? Uh Humper Chats. No, we do not. So we did it. Guys, thank you for being here for this show. Thank you to everybody who sent in a super chat. We had great, great live numbers. I mean, that's no, no, we were, I was looking, I was like, no, we're really doing numbers out here. Yeah, I know we're doing really, really great yeah. live numbers. I really appreciate everybody who tuned in this week and checked out this special edition of Grap City live from San Francisco. We are here in the bay. We are here in Reg's neck of the woods. Um Yay! Yeah, at some point I gotta get you guys in Denver because then all of a sudden everything is is happened. But uh, all we get in Denver is house shows that don't even have Cody on them. Um, and so <laughs> I'm taking my kids to a house show in like two weeks, and the the advertised acts are Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. Because uh, you know Roman ain't gonna be there. Yeah, no, definitely no Roman's <laughs> not gonna be there. Uh, so either way, I appreciate everybody checking us out, being here for the show. And we're going to make our way over to Revolution. And uh, you'll hear us on the um, media scrum later on tonight. Damn it. I can't make anybody cry today. It's my one year anniversary at this point. Maybe. It really is. Uh, You never know. You never know. You never know. 
but yeah, so we'll we'll be there. There'll also be a post show here on Fightful. So definitely check that out. YouTube.com slash Fightful for the post show here are, tonight. Are, are you prepared to see the guns retained tonight, oh, Reggie? This is the end of the show. <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> I'm prepared for everything, but if you're going to be at Revolution, come say hi. Uh, if you spot us anywhere, um, we're going to get something to eat right now. So if you're out and about, uh, come say something. But otherwise, folks, that's it for this edition of Grapsity for Righteous Reg for Phil Lindsay. I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. <laughs>